she was in Blue Velvet. I don't know if you knew that, but that's... I like her hair. <laughs> Fellas, don't drink that coffee. We've we've taken a little hiatus and uh, we're back and we're sorry to the three people who listened to the podcast. Yeah, to uh, Liz and John Lorenz, maybe. I no, I don't know if John. Maybe John. No, I think John does. And then definitely my. I did say maybe. My dad and my stepmom Sarah. I know they listen, so I think we have four listeners. Oh, so, good. So thank you. <laughs> and we're sorry. I am now back on the East Coast, so we found it difficult to. You know, find the time. Um, <laughs> but we've we've figured it out today, and we're gonna try to actually record two two of these episodes. So we'll see how we do. Well, yeah, we're gonna we'll do we'll do we'll do it. We're this for, both of them. Not a lot happened in either one of these episodes. What are you talking about? You know, episodes what four and five about? are pretty devoid of content. Ah, oh, there's so much content. I want to say <laughs> I've like the last episode we, we ended on. Um, the dream, right? Isn't that where we ended? I'm fairly sure. Yeah. 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 And it, something of note is like, I, this podcast is hard for me because there's so much I want to talk about, but I can't because I have to preserve the like mystery for you. And I didn't think, I didn't anticipate how difficult some of it would be because I can't really talk about things. Um, anyway, so I apologize no, I to, to people who have seen the show and are listening following along um i think that as we get further down the line and more and more things are revealed it'll be a little bit easier to like go into longer discussions about things but i found myself at the end of last episode going like this is harder than i thought it would be having said that i'm still having a really good time uh doing this with you and talking about the show and anyway well i feel like um the show keeps uh just just let you know where i'm at okay and I know, you know, we're doing two back to back, so it's going to be a little confusing. But four and five, it was like I was out on, you know, the pilot was, uh, I was kind of out on two. Three brought me back a little bit. Yeah. I was I like four made me want to quit again. Okay. And then five was probably my favorite episode so far. Five is great, isn't it? Five, like the, the pacing is, is yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're narrowing in on what we want to pay attention to. Sure. Uh, the show starting to find its identity, which, you know, having worked in television, Sean, uh, you find the first three episodes are pretty hard to uh, to get a grip uh, with what you're trying to plan out. You know, the creators of Cheers uh, once said, shut up. <laughs> let's, so let's dive into the episode you don't like then now that we've uh... follow us on Twitter at <laughs> Cheers fans. One, two, three. I have to now go follow up that joke and get cheers fans one two three at Twitter. <laughs> Hopefully it's just not. you and I cheersing a beer. One two three four. If one two three was already taken, um, 
So well, okay. you know why? Sorry. Go, um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. This is not us, by the way. This is not us staying on pace to get through this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I was just going to say one of the problems with watching this episode was that uh, Netflix streaming the uh, the core was just released. Oh, what is that? The core when the Earth's core stops rotating. Uh huh. Or if it goes out or something like that. Yeah. And and then they have to go to the core of the Earth uh-huh. to jumpstart it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to watch that four to five times. Why did you have to watch that? You clearly never seen the core. <laughs> Top it's, three stars in it's a, order. It's a movie. Aaron, Aaron Eckert. Uh huh. Hillary Swank. Uh huh. Delroy Lindo. The Delroy Lindo. You tell me where I go wrong in that film. <laughs> what, what year was that? Two thousand fifteen. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. It was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all dead now. Okay. Wait, what? No, they're just no, just none Hillary of those people Swank. are dead. 2003. So this was like, this was just post uh, "Boys Don't Cry" Hillary Swank. Okay, got it. Yeah, and, well, and Aaron Eckhart was a, was a, born to be a star. So what you're saying was you couldn't watch this because the core was just existing on Netflix, and so you're like, a, every five minutes you're like, oh, I could be watching the core. And I did, <laughs> and the replacements. So you get through yeah. ten minutes of the show and then go back and watch the entire core, and then come back and watch it and go, ah. I wonder if watching the core one more time will really unlock the secrets of the core. Do you know how many Twin Peaks references are in the core? <laughs> no, but Just I guess. have to. I'm gonna have to. I have fourteen. No zero. It okay. has nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive right in. Um, All right, episode this, four. Of this the episode core. is called "Rest in Pain." Uh, they're continuing with these amazing names. By the way, Rest in Pain was, uh, that, they wrote my favorite song from the 90s. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That was House of Pain. Uh, this episode aired on April 26th, the year 1990. Rest in Pain. Sorry, Rest in Pain sounds like the worst Good Riddance album. <laughs> it was the worst Good Riddance. Hey, a Good Riddance joke for the four people who don't know who Good Riddance is who listen to our podcast. There you go. Um, this was written by Harley Payton. I believe this was his first episode of television that he had written. He had written the screenplay for the Brett Easton Ellis movie, uh, book, Less Than Zero. That was like the one thing he had done. Oh, wow. He was nominated, though, for an Emmy for this episode. So even though you didn't like this episode, the um, what would you call the people who nominate Emmys? <laughs> uh, the, the, not Hollywood. the Academy, right? What is it? Who? Oh, who does it done the nominees? It's not the Hollywood Foreign Press. Anyway. It, it is the Academy of Arts and Sciences and Television or something well, like that. Well, they disagreed with you about okay. this. The core was not nominated for an Emmy. You don't know that? I don't know that. Um, it's made into a miniseries. This was directed by a woman named uh, Tina Rathbone, and she directed David Lynch in a movie called Zelly and Me, and that's, I'm guessing, how she was tied into this whole thing. Hmm. Uh, Lynch has acted in a few things, including, we'll get into the next episode, he actually has a, a role in the show, and it's the first time we're kind of introduced to his character. Um, Did you see Zelly and Me? I have not seen Zelly and Me, but apparently Isabella Rossellini is in that too. Oh. And her and David were, I think, a, an, an item at the time. Really? <clears throat> yeah, dude. Dude, good for David Lynch. I know. I know. I know. She was in Blue Velvet. I don't know if you knew that, but that's... I like her hair. 
Sorry, that's just my impression. <laughs> no, that was so good. <laughs> that was really, really great. Um, I Her can't, name is fun to say. I can't listen to the theme song of Twin Peaks anymore without thinking of the wonderful Wally Bunting version that uh, hugs oh. up to the end of our podcast. You know what? I, it was hard to get him to do it, but uh, I was glad For, that I could get him we've to had, do it. We've had no one ask about it, by the way, but the ending, uh, the theme song at the end of our show is the Twin Peaks theme performed by the wonderful, irreplaceable Wally Bunting. Uh, who so happens, he happens to sound a lot like someone else I know. Um, well, you know, he does, but that's only because we've worked together for so long. Who? Me and Wally Bunting. Oh, okay. So are we've you done a lot of things together. He sounds like you because he is copying you, or is it the other way around? Do you know how like Aaron Eckert and Delroy Lindo kind of sound a lot alike? It's because they worked together <laughs> for so many years. So, so let's. So I, one of the things I loved about this episode is you get through the credits, right, and then they go back to the falls again. So I don't know if you noticed that. It's like the credits end, and they've just shown the falls, and then they go. They decide to go right back to the falls. Well, and there's more names going across the names. waterfall. <laughs> um, I just it thought that was like they, they had them flying through the waterfall, like they were falling down the waterfall. <laughs> oh. I was like, hey, did we, have we seen the, the water fall enough? Let's show it again. <laughs> ah, one more time. Um, wait till you get to episode seven. It's just the waterfall the whole time. And I just, believe and then that. Just, and then just credits of names. I believe that. Um, so we start with Audrey, who's stalking Cooper mm -hmm. uh, in the Great Northern. And um, she's still, you can tell she's pretty smitten. And she calls him Colonel Cooper. Um, yeah. So this is where Cooper takes his opportunity to kind of test her and find out that it was her who had dropped him the note about uh, One-Eyed Jacks. Mm -hmm. And um, so she knows a few things uh, that Laura and Ronette both work together at the perfume counter. So this is something, maybe the connection between the two of them. And um, But Cooper's able to find out that it was her who dropped the note because he has her write something down, right? So, you know, and then he's, like, analyzing her handwriting. Like, so he's a, a handwriting expert, too, of course. Well, duh. What else does he not have, you know, in his bag of tricks? He has all of the tricks. <laughs> um, and then, so we've been waiting since the last episode. You know, it ends and he goes, I know who killed Laura Palmer. So we're like, yeah, okay, let's end the show. <laughs> and of course, Sheriff and Lucy show up. He dismisses Audrey. They sit down, and he forgets. Um, but he tells him about the dream. Uh, and there's something kind of funny where he says, "You were there, and you you were there too." Um, but we don't see them in the dream. And yeah, I don't know if you noticed that or not. Uh, I heard him say that, and yeah, I didn't really think much of it. But, but yeah, it's kind of weird. So w without getting too into it, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but when they first made the pilot, there was a chance it wouldn't get picked up, right? So they needed to kind of make a version that had an ending to it. And so the ending of, they call it like the European version of the pilot, has that dream sequence, but it's a little longer. And it does have... A part with the sheriff and with Lucy. 
So uh-huh. it's kind uh-huh. of a it's kind of a weird that they referenced that there. Um, maybe at the time they thought they were going to show that. I, I don't I don't understand. But anyway, that's what they're referencing is. The, is it not shown in any other format, but like the European format? Yeah, it's like. It exists, like, when you buy the set, you know, usually it comes with it, but it's not considered, like, part of the show, really. Mm. It was made to be a standalone kind of movie thing. Um, It's not great. I wouldn't recommend watching it, obviously, until you're done with the entire show. Um, But it's pretty bad. (laughs) The (laughs) the European ending is pretty awful. It's like the uh, Star Wars Christmas special, kind of, of Twin Peaks. In, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but anyway, I wanted to just address that because I don't know if you saw that and were like, what? So, um, but Cooper basically uh, replays the dream, tells them about, you know, he kind of goes through it piece by piece, tells them about Mike and Bob and about the poem, um, talks about the Red Room, and basically then says, you know, there's a code, we break the code, solve the crime. Um I, Kyle McLaughlin's amazing. I think he's really great. And this is one of the things where he's just describing all these insane things. But the way he does it, it's like kind of believable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's like, and then there's a midget and a girl kissed me. And it's like, what are you saying? But he, the way he uh, kind of delivers all the lines, I think is incredible. Yeah. Um, anyway. Was he ever nominated? He was. And I want to say he maybe won the Golden Globe. Um this the show was nominated for like seventeen Emmys and won two, I think. Like like uh and it was like lighting and costumes. Like they kinda got snubbed. But I feel like the Golden Globes, maybe they won, Kyle won, and I think maybe Piper Laurie won. Hmm. Um but they were snubbed at the at the Emmys. So snubbed again. So then they get a call, there's a fight at the morgue. And we are there. And so Albert is trying to conduct his um, autopsy. And he's fighting with Doc Hayward. Um, And (laughs) what does he call him? Uh, He calls himself the Sultan of Sentiment. I I love all of Albert's lines in this episode. I feel like the one thing that Harley Payton does really well is writing dialogue for Albert. Um, <laughs> specific niche like later on when he says you know I, I can do that you, you guys can have a funeral any day but I have to get I, can, I can't do this later so he says so return to your rockers and commence whittling <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway so there's the fight and uh, finally oh finally Cooper and the sheriff show up and then that's when um, Albert insults Harry and he punches Albert and Cooper tells Truman to go wait in the car like a dog. <laughs> you yeah. always can hear Sheriff like whimper. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's when he calls it the the old rustic sucker punch. Um. Anyway, so they're just they're trying to get the there's a funeral they're trying to get the body and Albert you know is about to drill a hole in Laura Palmer's head. Um. And Russ, not Russ, sorry. And uh, oh my God, I forgot it's okay. his name. It's okay. We're, we're we're a little rusty right now. It's been a few weeks since we've done this. No, it's not. Who's? Uh, um, oh Christ Almighty! The guy, not Russ Tamblin, but the other one. Oh oh, uh, Richard Richard Beamer. Richard Beamer is great, and he's yeah, he's trying to like play peace peacemaker. Yeah, Al- Albert's not having any of it. 
Well, it is an abrasive moment to drill a hole into somebody's head. <laughs> the um, beloved Laura Palmer. Yes. So anyway, the scene ends with, you know, basically they're going to take the body and uh, Albert gets clocked. Um, the next scene is Leland and he's getting, I guess he's getting a sedative because he's got the doctors putting a needle in his arm. And this is where we're actually introduced into uh, Invitation to Love, which is the show within the show that's happening. Um, yeah. I hope you liked some of the names because it was like, I wrote a few of these down. So it's like Evan St. Vincent as Jared Lancaster. And the, oh, that's, I, haven't, I didn't even. Okay. So that that's what he's watching. Right. And there's like all these great names. Um, and he's writing like a suicide note. And at the end of it, you hear the girl going like, daddy, daddy, open the door. Um, and then that's when we're introduced to Madeline Ferguson, who is, <laughs> who is Cheryl Lee, uh, playing Laura Palmer's cousin. Wait, 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 wait. Was that four or five? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. This is, I'm so, I'm this is episode four. So the next scene is Leland's getting sedated. This is right before the funeral. And then that's when Maddie shows up at the house. Okay, but she's the one who looks like Laura Pond, or who is. Correct. And there's a scene okay, in okay. the next episode, though, where she's the diner and James has the same, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I watched them close that's together. Okay. So that's I'm, okay. I'm, okay, yeah, yeah. So, no. So Maddie's there, and Leland's like... Madeline, is that you? Obviously, we have they haven't seen Madeline in a long time. She looks very much like Laura, so much so that she actually is the same actress. Um, and then this was kind of a nod to that movie Vertigo, which I don't know if you've seen Alfred Hitchcock. Years ago, Jim, Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart. Yes, I, I'm, I'm weak in the knees. <laughs> so um, come on, that was great. No, that was pretty good. That was almost as good as your David Lynch. <laughs> I found out today that I can do Tim Gunn. Do you know Tim Gunn? Oh, the um, he's like the, the style guy, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I didn't I don't mean think to, I, but I did it. I don't think I'd know. Well, you have to go draw your hair. That's yeah, Tim Gunn. I wouldn't know. Man, feels good to do that. Yeah, I bet. Um, anyway, can we, can, is there a way to watch this show where we cut all the Leland parts out? <laughs> Like, is there a rough cut? Does somebody have a cut? Or is, it, is it too sad for you? It's not sad. That's the part of it. It's it's humorous. Oh, I feel so bad. You feel bad, and and I have a daughter. You have a daughter. Yeah. Like I can only imagine. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's so maybe it's the acting. Maybe I just don't get it. It's just none of it. The the dots aren't connecting. Cause okay. It, okay. No, I, don't, I mean, go ahead. This is no, they're just this is not a safe like, place. <laughs> well, because I'm trying to remember all the stuff. Like, wasn't what about the brothel earlier? Who who was at the brothel the episode before? Was that Beamer? Yeah, it was Beamer. Okay, all right, that, that makes more that sense. Wasn't I get Leland. Beamer that and, wasn't and, and the Leland confused. Well, they do work. He is his lawyer. They work together. I know, but they also kind of look alike. They have the same kind of weird hair. Mm. And uh, Beamer wears the glasses sometimes, which you can tell them apart. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. Leland just every time Leland's on, I just want to fast forward it because I know nothing's really going to happen. There's like great stuff in this episode with him, though. Let's just keep let's keep going. Okay, go ahead. Um, we're at the double R next, and uh, so we finally Norma 
is married, right, to Hank. So Hank is in prison, and his parole officer is there talking to her about he's up for parole. And um, so Hank looks like Hank has a chance to get out, and Norma's stoked. Except not really. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, wait, what? <laughs> Got really confused. No, she's <laughs> she does obviously she wish she hopes that you know Hank does not get out, but um, but it looks like he's got a good shot at it. So uh, there's a really great line about where he's like, "How do you keep all the uh, Romeos from your door?" And she says, "I, I tell him I have a you know homicidal uh, maniac for a husband who's." <laughs> who's in prison but he hopes to become a you know a good member of society soon something like that yeah yeah, yeah. um the next scene is very like hey we're not in seattle this is very much california um and there's a shot of the ducks the ducks <laughs> yeah stay with me mclaughlin the ducks that we were talking about with the, the sopranos and the show i'm telling you dude I know, dude. You got something about the ducks. You got to you got to help me along here, though, because it was I watched this episode forever. How, how ago. can we do this where you feel like you're what you've watched this episode? How many do you need to watch it again? No, just keep going. The ducks. <laughs> so this is when they're out to talk to Leo, right? Do you remember that? Maybe I'll start okay, each okay, scene yeah, yeah, and no, tell no, you no. where we are first. There we go. Yeah, yeah. okay, Leo. So, I remember okay, he's chopping so wood. So Cooper and Truman are coming to talk to Leo, but and he's this chopping is, wood. And it's one of those moments where you're like, "This is not. They did not film this in Seattle. This is obviously, you know, Southern California. They're in See, the valley. I think you know this because you've seen it so many times. But so far, I have not had if one question on my If you look back mind. at the pilot, like outside of Leo's house, and then mm-hmm. this, it's just so different. Anyway, that's what we're here for, by the way, not just to drag you through this. I guess there is This is also for some people who have watched the show before, all right? I guess there is that one shot in the pilot where they're like, I think it's the pilot, where they're driving up to the house. Yes, there you go. And then then since then, we really haven't seen an outside shot of the house, so... There there was the one scene, I think, in the first episode after the pilot where she's doing laundry... But I mean, but that, but I'm saying like an establishing sure. whole house shot. I don't think sure. we've seen that since the pilot. So yes. I, I get what you're saying. So um, they've got questions for Leo. Did you know oh, Leo Palmer? <laughs> he goes, Leo, is that short for Leonard? And he goes, that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> so by this point, Leo's there. Like we talked about this in the pilot. Like I don't feel like he had found the character. He's definitely there now. No, um, he's, uh, yeah, I, I dig Leo. Hey, he's great. Uh, did you know her? You know, no, you're lying. Um, and he's like, well, everyone knew her. Um, you know, he says he doesn't have a cr- criminal record, but then Coop lists like all six things he's been arrested for, and he's questioning his alibi. At this point, Leo comes off as like the the mean guy in a, in a 1990s ski movie. Yeah, I would say that that's kind of who we're dealing with, right? Yeah, he's like... Uh, Everyone knew her. Like he's kind of like that guy, you know? Yeah. Come on, come on, Brenda. <laughs> it's Shelly. Come on, Shelly. Come on, <laughs> Shelly. Yeah, that, that works even better. That's what I'm saying. Shelly, get in the car. We're going. <laughs> he's he's kind of that guy, but like to the next degree of of evilness. You know what I mean? Like he's just such a bad guy. Well, I don't know yet. I don't know. No, we saw him hit his wife with a with soap and a sock. No, we know. <laughs> You know, you don't need to know much more than that. He, yeah, it's Washington. He, he it's drinks bl- he drinks blueberry schnapps from the bottle, and he hit Shelly with a sock full of soap. 
First of all, blueberries. He's not, he's not a good guy. Blueberry snaps taste delicious, and maybe he was just trying to clean her. Is that how you do that? Yeah, you never cleaned your <sighs> wife before. It's in the Old Testament. I've been doing it. Wait, is that true? I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing. So... This podcast has opened my eyes. I've been doing a lot of things wrong. <clears throat> okay. Moving on, because that's what we're going to do today. I know. Um, the next scene is the Briggs house. And the way. Uh, so Bobby, Brib, Bobby Briggs is looking at the cross on the wall, and he starts to raise his arms up. And mm -hmm. we don't see his dad walk in, but he says Robert. And the way he says it always freaks me out because it's his voice is so low. Yeah. Um, that every time I've seen this episode a ton of times, but that still gives me the, the heebs. Um, and so they have this kind of conversation. It's kind of one-sided. It's Major Briggs trying to console Bobby. It's like this very eloquent speech about death. I love listening to, um, I think the actor's name is Don Davis. I love listening to him talk. Don Davis. He was, uh, he's the coach of the, uh, we've talked, we've already talked about this before. He was in yes. League of Their Own. Um, and Bobby does that. Afraid, I'm going to turn it upside down. Um, do you think Bobby's adopted? <laughs> um, I don't know. Because I just lost, I don't see him coming from the t like Major Briggs. Mm, I do though, because there's uh, always that one like the very strict parents usually begat the a hole kid. His you parents, know? his parents seem awesome, but it doesn't matter. They seem very strict. I'm afraid I got two kids I'm, that are going to go through high school if I'm lucky. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's that Pat Oswalt bit where he's like, you know, the cool parents always like, yeah, you know, their kids are always the ones who are like broke and like, well, yeah, I'm going to live yeah. my dreams, you know? Yeah. And then like the parents who are like the uncool parents who stay in school, like their kids are all like, doing the cool stuff. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 He's yeah. like, don't let your kids know that you like anything cool. Yeah. The last album I'm going to buy is uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil Collins, No Jacket <laughs> yeah. Required. This is rocking good stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So we can't let our kids know that we watched and then podcasted about Twin Peaks. But I will be... show them the core over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Dish and the Percolator brought to you by The Core, now streaming on Netflix. God, I wish that was true. Um, okay, Bobby, I don't. He, again, he might not be adopted, but I kind of want him to be. Um, so the next scene is at the sheriff's station. So I'm going to kind of see if you're with me. Um, Cooper and Sheriff Truman are walking down the hallway. Um, Hawk says there's no sign of the one-armed man. And he, Truman says, if anyone can find him, it's Hawk. And Cooper says, a tracker? And Sheriff goes, the best. And then Cooper goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just fantastic. Um, it is fantastic. I actually wish there was, I mean, maybe it's coming, but. And in episode five, we got a little more of it, but I really enjoyed the three police officers. Yes, there's some great stuff, and Hawk is fantastic. Uh, yeah, the he's actor's so name is Michael Horse, and he's so great. Michael Horse. So then we get to Albert's report, and Albert's got a, I think he got hit in the f mouth. Anyway, he's bruised from where mm -hmm. Sheriff had clocked him earlier. Ego and face. So he goes through all the things he's found. There's cocaine. She had a habit. 
there were twines embedded in her wrists and her upper arms. So she had been tied in two different places. And he demonstrates kind of how, and that's when Cooper remembers the line about sometimes my arms bend back. Mm. Um, there was soap on her neck. And so he believes that the killer washed his hands and then kind of held her by the neck and leaned in for a kiss, which is uh, not creepy at all. Um, there was claw marks on her shoulders. And <laughs> that's when Truman goes, oh, an animal. And he says, oh, look, it's trying to think. Um, <laughs> and then there's also, they found a small plastic fragment in her stomach with the letter J. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so then Albert's complains then if he had had more time, you know, who knows what he would have found. And that's when Albert wants, uh, Cooper to sign the statement regarding the attack and Cooper kind of being the good guy that he is sticks up for Harry, uh, and for Twin Peaks. I think it's, it's nice. When he does that, I thought you were going to say six up for Harry and for Twin Peaks. And I think it's nice. <laughs> the show, he's six up for the show. No, but you know so, what I mean? Yes. And, yes, and yes, that's yes. when he's he, after Albert leaves, he talks to Diane about looking into real estate. Um, and Coop might move. You never know. I think that'd be great. Damn uh, good coffee up there. Damn good coffee. Um, so the next, stop me if you want to talk about any of this. I'm just basically reading an episode recap at this point. I really don't. Okay, so the next scene kidding. is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we get to, oh, Ed and Nadine. Will it ever stop? Ed's just like kind of staring at all the knickknacks on the shelf. Um, yeah, they um, <laughs> they um. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Okay, so this, one this thing was know, confusing to yeah, me. Yeah, so one thing is is um, I, this seems really funny. Uh, they're all of those trinkets. They're all like have something wrong with them, I guess. So like the actress's name is Wendy Roby, who plays Nadine, and I think like some of them are like missing an arm or they don't have a head. That's <laughs> really strange. Um, and she runs up to him and hugs him and says, "Love me," and he goes, "You bet." Um, but Ed is like dying inside and I feel like, so am I watching this? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's like, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I want like backstory. Yeah. Well, so we're, I feel we're going to get some, and she talks okay. a little bit, uh, she, then she gives you a little bit about how in high school, you know, she, it was very unlikely for her and Ed to have ever you know, f fallen for each other. Um, but then I think we're interrupted because she goes, who's that? And he goes, James. And she goes, James who? Um, that's her nephew. There's Nadine. There's something wrong with Nadine, right? Like we know. Oh yeah. Nadine's duh. not okay. So James, James then walks in just to say, I can't. And then like walks out. And it's like, why did you, like, I was just thinking, this is why text messaging is so important. Like, you don't have to drive all the way to someone's house to say two words and then, like, leave. <laughs> but I will say I miss it. I miss Like, hold on, efforts. hold on, I got to yeah. drive 30 minutes across town to go say two words to someone. I don't know why I couldn't call. They did have phones. Yeah, but you don't know what Nadine did with that phone. So James is now saying, you know, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> 
what Nadine did with the phone. Phone who? Yeah. Um, so James is is obviously he can't go to the funeral, right? He's this is just too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not only too much for him; it's too much apparently for uh, poor Johnny Horn. That's the next scene. We're at the Great Northern, and Johnny Horn does not want to take off his Indian headdress. Um, and the mom and dad are arguing about how, like, you know, it's really inappropriate. And so Jacoby is there trying to get talk him through it. And Audrey apparently has a little uh, kind of place where she, she can spy on what's going on. She's got a little uh, secret passage. Little keyhole. Little keyhole. So Audrey watches Jacoby talk him successfully out of taking the headdress off so that the mm. Horn family can go to the funeral and and so can we all as viewers. Oh, thank um, God. So here we are, and this is another, I know you're going to be a, you're going to be annoyed, but this is very much not the Pacific Northwest. In fact, I do know that they had to like bring in pine trees because the cemetery was just all palm trees. Um, uh, this is Los Angeles. So this is one of the I, few shots, though, where we get like you see the whole cast is all like in one place. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say I'm not. I'm not annoyed. I just I don't. I just don't recognize. You don't. It ca- like you, you just do. don't care anymore. It's fine. But I guess. I guess it's something um I I could see me beating it to death. I, I think it's I've probably said it too many times. Um Oh no, it's all right. Because it's logistics. Like they weren't gonna be able to film it in the Pacific Yeah, Northwest. no, I I think for people who probably watch the show or fans of the show are, are interested in that. Yeah, totally. Um so the preacher's talking and this is like I said, one of the few times where they have the whole cast uh, mm. in one place. And this is when Bobby sees James. So James, after throwing that fit, still shows up, right? Well, fit's a strong term for I can't, but sure. (laughs) Uh, Cooper is very observant, and he sees James, and he sees Bobby, and he sees Bobby see James. Um, And the preacher was talking, and he says that she was impatient for her life to begin. And then... uh, the non-headdressed Johnny Horn has that pretty over-the-top amen. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when Bobby... Bob, <laughs> Bobby, un, Bobby unleashed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's funny is there's, a, um, there's some story about how Miguel Ferrer, who plays Albert, and Kyle MacLachlan would give... Bobby, the actor, um, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name, but like would give him a hard time, would basically say he was like doing like a Captain Kirk kind of thing, <laughs> like was doing the Captain Kirk school of acting. Um, but yeah, he's got this really dramatic speech about how they all killed her. Um, and that's when uh, I guess James, James looks like he's going to run and hit him? I don't know what's going on here. James charges at Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then everybody holds him back, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. the whole weird. Yeah. But it's funny because it's like, what was James going to do? Like, run after him and, and hit him? Yeah, dude. At the funeral? Well, I mean, I... I wait, sorry. Bob, what was Bobby going to do? No, because... Bobby and James are like, Bobby's in the middle of this really, you know, over the top speech. And then that's when James 
like start sprinting at him. Oh, I'm remembering this oddly. Yeah. Okay. I and th- that's I when Bobby, Bobby sees like him, and Bobby, him. and then Bobby sees him do that, and like goes to cut him off. Um, but was this during? But was he sprinting during Bobby's like breakdown? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. that. Maybe he was going to sprint and shut him up. Yeah. I yeah. just think it's interesting. And then there's that going back to Leland. Leland jumps on the casket, and uh, and it starts just going up and down. And up and down. And I guess Ray yeah. Wise is the actor who plays Leland. And he said as a child he had been um, at a funeral where the brother of the deceased had, like, picked up the body out of the casket and was hugging it. Jesus. <laughs> so this came from – this was a, a, his own suggestion. Um, and it's, like – I guess it's funny, but it's so sad. Um, yeah. And then that's Sarah, you know, yelling, don't ruin this too. And I thought – this is like one of the one parts where she doesn't scream, which is totally out of character. Yep, um, so far. Anyway. How no, it was great. It was like one of the, it was a very, to me, it was a very David Lynch comedy scene. Yes. Well, yeah. then, and, and you kind of get that it is because then the next scene is Shelly at the double R reenacting it with the like napkin holder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Shelly's a jerk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, isn't very she? insensitive. She's a little brat. She's um, got this great guy, Leo. I know. Shelly's kind of screwed up, too. Everyone she, in the show is the kind other, of in trouble. Right? And the guy she wants is Bobby. I get it. Yeah. So, of course, she'd be making fun of the deceased. She's a freaking nutcase. So, um, the, the guys, Sheriff Ed, Hawk, invite Cooper to the double R for pie. Um. And again, I want pie watching the show. Mm. Um, doesn't that sound good? Pie does sound good. God, I want some pie. So they talk about how someone is running drugs in Twin Peaks. Uh, what was that? You okay? I'm fine. Our uh, neighbors just decided that their favorite thing to do is um, shut their door as hard as they possibly can. Oh, cool. I love that game. And then they just do it like over and over again. You it's have great. To, you have to play back. Like they want um, you, they want you to shut your door then next harder. If my daughter wasn't napping, I oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, so they talk about how there's someone's running drugs. They talk about Jacques Renault. Um, Cooper says something about how oh, this must be where pies go when they die. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Harry's talking about how Twin Peaks is different. You know, it's, there's like a back end of it, like an evil. The price we pay for the good things. Um, there's an evil in the woods and it's been out there for as long as anyone can remember. And then he talks about how they have this secret society, um, called the book house boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, there's this little signal where they like, he draws his finger across his eye and they do it earlier when James gets out of, uh, out of when they release James, they do it once and they don't really talk about it. And now we kind of know what it is. So they take Cooper to the book house, right? This is this place. And there's these guys. Where the boys hang out. That's where the boys hang out. And yeah. uh, so it's weird to me that Cooper's okay with any of this. Like he's there. They're holding Bernard, which is Jacques' brother, right? And yeah, in, yeah. instead of Cooper, who's like totally straight by the book, FBI agent, going like, guys, you, we can't do this. Then he just starts questioning Bernard. Um, I think this is for two reasons. Okay. 
One, I think he's probably legitimately a little nervous at this point. Cooper is? Yeah, like I think okay. he's like, oh, this is like a vigilante group Yeah, that's okay with everybody here. Like if I question that, I could be next in that chair kind sure. of thing. And two, I think he's just uh, – I think maybe he's also excited that something's getting done. Yeah. So So he questions Bernard and um, and I think at this point someone tips off Jock – Jock's on his way to the roadhouse to work, and he gets, like, the bat signal, right, um, to stay away. And yeah. that's when we see Leo, who's cleaning his boots, and he gets a call um, from Jacques saying that, like, you know, he's been tipped off, Bernard's in trouble, and he's got to get Leo across the border. <laughs> um, and that's when Shelly, we find out that uh, Shelly's got a gun. Shelly's got a gun. Um, so to your next, the next scene is your favorite Harry and Josie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Josie's freaking out because, you know, she thinks, uh, she thinks something bad's going to happen to her. She's got this feeling. Um, Yeah. I, you know what? That'd be cool. Catherine's listening in and she thinks Catherine and Ben are out to get her, which we know that they are. Um, mm-hmm. So then she goes to show Harry the safe and there's only one book there. So Catherine has the other one. We see her and it's in another safe and it's like, how many hiding spots does this woman have? Well, she's vindictive. So many. Yeah. Like that's cool though. It's like under this, I like secret compartments. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've always wanted the bookshelf with like you open the take a book out and like the thing rotates around did you love the movie panic room yes i did (laughs) (laughs) i i don't before i die i want something cool like that in a house that i live in like a thing where it's you know yeah that would be cool i i totally agree with you it would be cool to have like little like under the stairs you do a door and yeah takes you to a whole nother room why can't i have that you can i think or like a thing where i go down like into a basement and there's like a dead guy who i'm trying to revive using lightning yeah i mean that's cool too (laughs) um yeah you know what movie has like a lot of like hidden compartment things the candle back what the core (laughs) (laughs) they literally (laughs) what i fell right into that one how did i not know yeah that's stupid um you fell right in just like they fell right to the center of the earth we're actually kind of making good time on this one so let's go on to uh the next scene's Cooper at the graveyard, and of course Jacoby is there at the grave, and he's wearing like a cape. Yeah, well, I mean, this is—I'm starting to believe that this is Riff if Riff didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> like, spoiler alert! Sorry, by the way. Um, you find out in the next episode that it's actually Riff. Yeah, if he was like, you know, it's—it's it's what happened to him and Tony if neither of them died. They, if they just stayed alive, this is what would have happened. They would have moved to the Pacific Northwest. You know, obviously, Riff would have gone crazy without his gang because he loved his gang. And, uh, you know, Tony would have been pretty successful because he had a good mind for business. Something's coming. Don't know what it is. But I. But it is going to be grand, obviously. So, anyway. Uh, I mean, that's good. No, uh, so Jacoby's talking about how he's a he's a terrible person, how he says, you know, he pretends that he listens to people and cares, but he doesn't. But mm-hmm. how Laura was the one who changed him. 
and uh, you know he couldn't come to the funeral. And uh, he's a pretty weird guy, man. Yes, he is. I don't know what's going on with Jacoby. Um, well, I mean, again, if you saw the prequel, you would know. We go back to Josie because you couldn't get enough. And mm. she's concerned that um, that someone killed Andrew. And she thinks that Catherine and Ben are going to come to take the mill away. And that they're going to kill her. And then Harry gets to play the, like, nothing's going to hurt you while I'm around card. And then, you know. And then they neck. <laughs> um, and luckily for you, there's no more Josie in this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but we do get Hawk and Cooper, I think, having a beer at the Great Northern. And Hawk's talking about the soul. Um, but we do get more Leland. Leland is just oh, jacked. Dude. And he's dancing and he's trying to get someone to dance with him. And no one wants to dance with him because you're the saddest human being uh, in the Pacific Northwest. I would say, though, wouldn't you dance with him? Like, if it's a small town. You know what's going on. Like, dance with him. I don't know, man. And then uh, and then it ends on them taking him home. It does kind of end on like a, aww. <laughs> but how happy were you when they... I like the part when they were taking him home and they all sang Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought that <laughs> was <laughs> one of the better parts. It, see, series finale. <laughs> I um, I, I th- it is probably him doing that in the bar is probably the only time I've thought his grief was realistic. When he's trying to get people to dance with him. Well, yeah, but he's in a bar. He's obviously been drinking and he's upset. Yeah. Do you think you know, he was drinking? I feel like he doesn't even need to drink to be kind of just over the top. I mean, obviously, he he was getting a sedative earlier in the episode, so he may also be on something else. I don't feel like he needs the drink to be over the top, but he definitely... Yeah. Oh, I think boy. he was probably drinking. Why wouldn't he be drinking? I don't know. I don't know. But you just it, it does kind of end on a... Uh, it's just hard to watch him. <laughs> um. But it's that, hard to watch his dancing. That's or... a rest in pain. I mean, there you go. That was the the funeral is kind of the main piece of that one. I I feel like it's uh, you know, you kind of get everyone together and they're dealing with this. And you know, I think the main thing is this is such a small town that, you know, a big murder like this doesn't. It's not like a, it's a big it's a big deal. You know, it's changed it's changed the town almost, and you can see that in this episode. Um, and you're kind of getting everyone's perspective, and it all kind of comes to a head at that funeral where Bobby loses his mind. But um, but Laura seems like such an idiot. Well, she's a 17 year old girl. Well, easy. We have a lot of 17 year old listeners that are girls. <laughs> but I mean, I just mean like you know, she was. I don't know if she's an idiot, but like she was kind of a wild 17 year old high school girl who was into cocaine. I mean, what are you? Ex- <laughs> what were you expecting? Sean, I didn't grow up in Alcohol, so I don't know. What things because, are like out because there. you grew up in Claremont and like there's no you know there's no crystal parallel. Meth. It's crystal meth. They made that show later. It was called Breaking Bad. Well, <laughs> uh, and by the way, like, by the way, yeah. don't take away. They did people in El Cajon do a lot of crystal meth. Don't try. That's true. I'm sorry. No one has money for cocaine in El Cajon. Like let's. I'm not be gonna honest. sell them. <laughs> I'm gonna sell them short. Uh, 
do you think the people who name the episodes of these show the show so far are also the people who like do those really bad t shirts that are like the you ones know, on uh, Facebook that like people that like are the sponsored ad? No, like when you go to like some store, you know, like some tourist store and it's like, or I don't know, like, uh, you know, there's that place in Julian that's, uh, I forget the name, but it's got all those like hunter shirts. Like you can, you can take my sons, but don't take my guns or something like that. Like, I don't See, know. The, that's catchier than rest in pain. I feel like whoever named the episodes, like tried to get that job and then yeah. they're like, sorry, we've got a guy. Uh, we got a guy already. Sorry. We got this guy. His name is, uh. His name is uh, Hollister, and he's going to – Dave Hollister. Uh, I, I was trying to think of a better one. Who's That's the guy that does the, uh, the Affliction? Jimmy Affliction oh, is in I there, and he's he's doing all the slogans. Bob, Bobby Briggs. Bobby Briggs is doing them all. Oh, my God. Well, good. I think this – I think it was good. You think what I, was good? The podcast no, or that? Well, I think the podcast, we were really good. I think the episode – I didn't like the episode because I don't like Leland and I don't like Josie. And it's, it's kind of a downer. It's kind I, of and a I downer. do feel like you got, I get the next episode is a little bit more of humor. And I think that's well, it. I think that's episode, important for this show to work. I think there's humor. And I think what's important, which we can get into whenever we start talking about the next episode, is that like there's a certain, okay, we Laura's dead. We get it. Like you said, this kind of tells the town how much she affected everyone in the town, or her death at least, yeah, has affected everyone in the town. But it's like, what's the next step? I feel like we're just waiting. Well, I think the next. I don't think there is like, there's no immediate healing. Like they, they need to find out who did this for there to be. No, any no, that's hope what for- I'm saying. It's like, you know, they're investigating who did it, and so I get there's that aspect of it, but I feel like we're still it's hard to explain. It's like, it's like in this, in the next episode, episode five, they start talking a lot more about like the drugs and like, there's a lot more backroom deals and people, you know, people are are conniving. So I feel like there's a whole nother storyline about this town in general. Oh, completely. That we're we're finally getting to, you know, that's like moving the story along beyond just this one girl's death because they keep hinting at there's bigger things going on, but we don't get to it until now. Well, I think you're finally kind of getting into the spirit of the show is there's these kind of two selves, right? There's like the one you kind of appear to be and then what you really are. So Laura was homecoming queen, but she was also a cocaine dealer. Um, You know what I mean? So like, and, and that doesn't just exist in a vacuum with her. It's everyone. It's all these people who are married, but they're having an affair with this other person or it's, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of this show there's all these layers and we continue to peel back as we get into it. And I think that's what's one of the things that's interesting about the show. Hmm. And I hope you find you find the same thing that I found in it. Peace? Or I don't know. Maybe. I, I guess I don't really care. <laughs> Inner peace? Inner peace. Um, so let's talk more about the core. <laughs> no, let's well, uh, should we, should let's we wrap like end let's, this episode. Let's wrap up because uh, okay. I think we've said all we can say about rest and pain, and we will say thank you for listening. Um, please subscribe on iTunes, Dish in the Percolator. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Percolator Pod. Uh, you can follow us individually on Twitter at Dallas Dallas underscore, underscore MC. MC and at Sean T O'Donnell. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on Dish on the Percolator. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft. Then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright. The mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes. Something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee and donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.